Hi there, everybody, and welcome to this Outwitting Wichiko series. I'm getting amazing feedback uh, from you guys, and I'm really appreciating it, too. There's still a part of me that feels um, awkward in a way doing it, and yet I know that we're using it for such an amazing force um, of light and evolution in this reality, but there is a part of me that just laughs because every once in a while I get these weird YouTube comments that are like from my normal podcast, right? Um, that say things like, this is not of light. This woman is working with Satan and I'm stuff. And I'm, I'm thinking, oh my God, if they, <laughs> if they knew about this series, they'd probably really be like confused <laughs> about what we're doing. Anyway, that's okay. We know what we're doing. Um, and we're evolved enough to be sophisticated, yet very wise and very planted and very godly. Um, in our motivation and purpose and application here. So it's um, with great honor that I'm doing this work alongside all of you, each of you. So let's get started, shall we? <sighs> okay, let's relax. Ooh, excuse me, a little coffee, hang on. A little coffee cough. Okay, um, let's relax our shoulders and just take a couple nice deep breaths here. Okay. And I would just like you to focus for a few moments on your breathing and on the purpose of your breathing to keep your human alive, to keep the air moving in your body for the purpose of light and love and the power of love being restored fully, brilliantly, gloriously in this reality. It is why we are here. It is why we incarnated. And it is what we are doing right now. And with that, I feel this beautiful, what I call Pleiadian blue, activating like a beautiful lightning rod or even like a sword of truth in the center of our being, connected to our root chakra all the way up to our crown chakra. And this <laughs> this beautiful blue light streaming out our arms into our hands at our fingertips you may be able to feel with your eyes closed the essence of the glow coming from your hands now allow that blue light to stream through your legs through your ankles out the soles of your feet and out of your toes Again, pulling those shoulders down away from your ears, gently rotating your neck and letting your crown chakra be fully activated by the light of God, of your soul signature. Love is here in you. That is the purpose of the series, to activate love by knowing unconsciousness 
in a way that humanity has never known it before so that we can witness it so that we can face it so that we can restore consciousness by knowing unconsciousness and Wittiko just said nicely said thank you okay very good all right let's open your eyes if you haven't already and our dear sister, part of this group, um, Amanda, a couple hours ago posted a question, and I was just reading it as I was logging in here, and I, I really like it. Um, so let me read this, because it's very relevant to what we are talking about, or will be talking about tonight. Okay, so it says, I am not sure if I will be able to attend live. Last week's podcast sparked my curiosity on how malevolent off-planet beings have such powerful grasp on humans. Do they use the Wutiko energy to manipulate and control people? Or do they have different methods? Is Wutiko able to take over a person's body or just their minds? Thank you, Jill and Wutiko, loving this series. So I believe what Amanda's talking about when she talks about last week's um, podcast. Yeah, she, thank you for using the word podcast, Amanda, except clarifies even more. So what she's talking about is the weekly podcast that I'm doing. So the podcast number 89 and 90, for those that haven't heard it, um, very <laughs> relevant for this group. Um, we don't come at it from the Wetiko angle. We're coming at it from the Guardian Council angle. Um, but I think today's in particular, number 90, um, really, I don't know. I liked both of them. But anyway, um, her question is very relevant, and I'd like to hear Watiko's side of it, too. So let's just go there. So what she's referring to is that in the 89th podcast, the Galactic Council update, Guardian Council update, we um, – oh, I just realized I'm using those terms interchangeably. That's okay. I'm okay with that. Um, they are a Galactic Council. <laughs> okay. So what – we were talking about is the Orlando shooting, which has been just bombarding us in the media. And um, it's like being shoved down our throats in terms of what it is and what it means and all of those things. So um, in terms of like that shooter, was he, how was he taken over? How would he be used? And what Watiko was just sharing with me as I was reading the question is he's saying, all I really need is somebody's mind. Um, sorry, you can hear my dog Samson barking in the background. It could be a coyote on the other side of the stream. Anyway, he'll show up at the door in a minute, and then I'll let him in, and he'll wag. Okay. All right. So um, from Wachiko's perspective here, all I really need in, in a situation like that is somebody's mind. Um, of course, I can't just take over somebody's mind. Their vibration, their essence has to be a match for unconsciousness, um, this rooted in divisiveness, separation, hate, fear, um, wanting to exert power over another, um, those are all in alignment with me, um, if you will, taking over somebody. And once I'm working with somebody's mind, then, then it's easy uh, to kind of, if you will, give orders um, that, can, of course, can always be refused, but they often are not. Um, so then they're giving the orders and then they're going along with it. Uh, there are ways that I use a voice 
in someone's mind once I have that kind of manipulation where I can um, sound like someone else, um, sound like a parent, sound like an authority figure, sound like someone that they respect. Um, and because they're already able to be manipulated, uh, they don't question it. Um, they don't question what I'm asking them to do. They just do it. Um, which is sad, right? I mean, from a group like this perspective, how sad is that? That just because someone gave an order, they're like, oh, okay, they said to do it. Um, they're clearly not thinking for themselves, right? They're not thinking about the value of another life. They're not thinking about the bigger picture. Um, so that makes them weak in that regard to manipulation by Watiko. Okay, um, there are other methods um, other than just taking over somebody's mind and that's using the power of a group. There are situations where people in groups do things that they normally would not do. Um, a great example is a riot situation um, where there is like this uh, frenzy that can develop quite easily in a group setting um, that where the community starts to act um, as one. Um, so in that case, it, if, the, if the energy is high enough and there's enough uh, kind of rage or even excitement going on, the crowd can quickly turn into something that it would not normally be. Um, alcohol is another factor. So, okay, we've talked about um, mind, an individual mind. We've talked about a group um, kind of fervor or riotous sort of example. Um, also drugs, alcohol, um, health, mental health, mental stability, um, also uh, overall health related to uh, gut health. And we're going to turn this around in a little bit and talk about prevention <laughs> uh, to be proactive to um, in ways that somebody that would be uh, susceptible to something like this, how they could turn it around and steps that they could take to not be under the influence of, of me, basically. Okay, here's Samson. Hang on. What were you barking at? Baby, what was that? It's unusual for you. You better? You okay? Okay, I'm glad you're here. Good boy. Okay, good talk. You stay right with us, okay? Mwah. Good boy. Okay. All right. <clears throat> so earlier on in the series, we talked about... Um, physical health and biology and physiology and things. Um, gut health is a factor in mental health. Um, humanity hasn't made that connection as strongly as it could yet, but it will. Um, I, I know a really healthy person by a very clear mind, and you can't have a clear mind really clear without having um, a clear, uh, high-functioning gut microbiome. Um, so that's exciting. <laughs> it's exciting that um, Jill noticed this last fall and she's sharing it with others. There's more um, research and more um, nutrition programs and diet books and things like that that are focused on this. But what's interesting is they don't talk about the same level of uh, supernatural kind of uh, mysticism related to the gut microbiome and the uh, strangeness of how the the living organisms within the gut microbiome can actually be anti-life, um, sucking the life force out of out of its human like a parasitic host. 
Um, that's very Wetiko-ish. Would you not agree? Yes? Okay. Me too. <laughs> it's very related. Um, so when, not related to like a shooting situation, but when there is somebody that has the sort of gut microbiome dysbiosis, um, they're much more volatile in their moods, in their hormones, which is related to moods, uh, like a chicken and egg situation, um, cloudy, foggy thinking, irrational behavior at times, uh, very emotion-based actions. Um, it just is a whole uh, uh, set of situations that are capable with somebody that has a gut microbiome that's out of harmony. Um, and of course, all it takes is some food, <laughs> the right combinations and um, and varieties of food to set that um, correct into harmony. So, okay. Let's take a nice deep breath here, please. <sighs> okay. Okay. So now let's go in reverse to the list that we just made and, and back up to what could set it for light, right? We just gave the example of the gut microbiome, um, that all it takes is proper nutrition primarily to get that set in the right direction. Um, okay. Drugs and alcohol with some people um, doesn't have to be a negative. It can be additive. But for the majority of people that are using drugs and alcohol, it is uh, distracting and can be disruptive depending on how they're using it and how often they're using it and all those things, why they're using it, the reason for using it. Um, can be uh, distracting to their light-based natural energy field. Um, so there, sometimes the realization of it being a problem happens later on. There can be denial. Um, many that are naturally shy or introverted or insecure, the, the way that they use alcohol or drugs in, in to kind of loosen up and be themselves um, is fine, but in the in the in certain circumstances, they may find themselves doing things they would never normally do, um, even to go against their own morals and values. Um, so that's always interesting uh, to see and disheartening, I'm sure, from a community like, like this is perspective. Okay. A community, um, a riotous sort of group think that takes over and individuals are just kind of caught up in the moment and it becomes like a tribal sort of um, uh, situation of bad. And isn't that fascinating how it doesn't tend to happen for good? That kind of uh, fervor, uh, whether it's like the Watt riots, the Watts riots um, from Watts, California in the 60s um, in California, there tends, it tends to start with anger um, and uh, revenge and things like that. It's interesting how a collection of humans, well, like it, it can be used for good, but it's not, it's not, it's normally less uh, energetic. It's more calm and more organized, and that's fine. Um, there are situations, especially with groups like these, where there's like group meditations and, and light activations and people meditating at the same time and those can have a very powerful effect on the light field and the light vibration, and they're noticed. Um, I notice them, unconsciousness in general, um, separation age forces, I would call them notice those. 
um, but they also know that they're great, and yet they still know that they have their pawns um, that they can work with. So it's um, it's still interesting. Okay, so if if someone were in a group setting, and the group started to work for darkness or lack of light, more accurately, um, all one actually it would be very difficult depending on the situation for it would take a lot of resistance and individual willpower to go against the group and if their intention is to stop it they're more likely to be harmed um, so they may just be stunned they may be helpless or feel helpless um, and many the best thing they can do for themselves is just to get out of the group so that they can separate themselves from it and say, oh my gosh, you know, look at look at what's happening here. I don't want to be a part of that. But stopping a group of humans that's operating at that level, and we're going to talk about that in a minute, whew, um, that, that takes a really, really strong voice. And typically in a riotous situation, no one's listening. There's such this, um, like a weird, I don't even want to call it animalistic instinct because that's... Um, judgmental <laughs> towards the animals it's this strange uh, behavior of pure unconsciousness and just destruction it's uh, weird to, to see and it's frightening I, I know for, for other humans to witness that and try to make sense of it it doesn't make sense um, it's strange and I, even the individuals if they were to watch themselves on tape they would, they would feel very out of body um, to be honest with you, they weren't in their body. Uh, their soulfulness was off-center, like we talked about before, which actually allowed it to happen. So it's all like a nightmare kind of unfolding, and, and they're, they're losing control of themselves, which is why it's happening. Um, okay, so there's the riot situation, and then there's the individual mind control situation, which I believe we've touched on before. Um, but when you know who and what you are um, or can have that openness, and we did talk about this before. There's the moment, there's any moment in time where in the right um, kind of frame of reference or viewpoint, there can be a flash of knowingness of one's divinity where they kind of snap to and they embody again and they go, whoa, 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 wait a minute, what's going on here? Um, that happens. That happens quite often actually in moments of um, somebody you know, committing a crime or about to commit a crime or somebody uh, committing suicide or something like that, somebody making a bad decision, where there's that moment where before they're about to do something, you could say stupid, they're like, well, well, what am I doing? Um, sadly, it doesn't happen more. Um, hopefully that changes. I'm expecting that to change as things go forward. Uh, but as, you know, we heard from the Guardian Council a few podcasts ago, uh, it's still going to happen randomly um, in certain circumstances. Okay, so let's go back to another point that we were making earlier. The superpower abilities of humans um, is very real. Most of you have heard stories of uh, situations where, you know, a very a slight petite woman or even a child has the power to lift a car off of somebody in the right situation. Your medical and research uh, devices love to talk about the adrenaline rush and, you know, endorphins and those sorts of things to try to explain it. But um, it's much more than that. When the love for another person and the want to help another is there, 
there is a supernatural ability. And think of the power of that for all of the things that this group does, yes? Okay. So is there adrenaline rush? Yes. Is there an endorphin kind of activation? Yes. There's lots of things that are happening uh, physiologically to that person that's about to reach out for another person and demonstrate kind of supernatural abilities, whether it's strength or premonition or whatever. Um, it's also very much they're tapping into their angelic ability. They're allowing themselves in that moment um, in a, in a uh, perspective of faith and tremendous trust that I'm, I'm going for it sort of situation. Um, and the angelic vibration within them, within their soulfulness, rushes in. Um, Jill has a fun example. I'll let, I'll let her uh, speak from her own voice here. I had a, a fun story from my younger daughter, Georgia, um, a couple of years ago where she was out in winter. It was the winter time here. It gets very cold where we live. And she was with one of her close friends, and they were playing on a metal um, kind of trailer um, on the side yard of her friend's house. And Naomi, her friend, you know, it's that, you know, proverbial, uh, like, tongue on the uh, flagpole <laughs> kind of situation. But I think it was her lip, um, for some reason, was wet or moist and got stuck on the metal. And... Uh, Georgia came home and she said there was this moment where Naomi, and I'm not going to use words exactly, but um, there was one way that she said it that was really interesting. She said, Mom, you know when the saints kind of grab you? And I don't use the word saint. So I was, I was really on the edge of my seat listening to her. I was like, okay. And she said, it was like a saint used my hands and grabbed Naomi and pulled her off of the metal. And she was okay. And I was like, so the saints work with you. And, and she said, I think so. That's what it felt like. That's, that's how I know it. And then she just kind of smiled and, and walked off. But um, I thought that was really cool that she said the saints. And I, I love it that she said that it was like something just took, took over in a way, but it was from inside of her to, to do good for a friend. Um, and she knew what to do. She didn't panic. She didn't freeze. She just acted in love. Um, and care and concern for her friend. Um, so anyway, just wanted, <laughs> for some reason, give that little tan little example from my world. Um, okay, going back to Wetiko here. So those supernatural abilities are very, very real. Now, what would be really interesting for a community like this is why wait for an emergency? Why wait for something that serious where somebody needs a car lifted off of them to trust that? What if on a, even in like some of you love those group meditations and things like that, what if you felt that sense of not fear, but urgency and importance for a situation um, that you really allow that trust and that faith to, to really, really kick in at a deep, deep level, like your life depended on it? That would be, I, I, I'm curious to see if any of you will kind of try that out. Yes, it's beautiful. And I'm excited to see what happens, actually, in that regard for all of you. Okay. <laughs> I have an interesting little cough here that wasn't there an hour ago. Okay. Um, now, also related to supernatural abilities, there is a supernatural rush, 
unfortunately, that happens with somebody that's doing harm as well. But obviously, it's it's not coming from an angelic force. It's it's rooted in rage um, and and hate and fear, not love. Therefore, it's not as powerful um, as uh, another as uh, as the light based energy that we were just talking about when it's love based and care based. When a person is acting out of that anti-life, I'm going to call it, mode, where they're taken over by that force of more of a malevolent or kind of diabolical nature, they're counting on their uh, presence being very imposing, very um, triggering fear, triggering panic, triggering a feeling of helplessness and hopelessness. Um, there are amazing situations, and they they aren't that unusual where actually they are more unusual than not, where a person in the receiving situation of that stands in their light and things go a different direction, um, where somebody can basically stay in their light and not go into a fear, not oh, how can we describe it? And it's funny because I'm I'm hearing from each of you going, no, 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 I got it, I got it. But I do want to give a practical example. If this group were in a situation where something bad was going down, it's possible that that your vibration could um, allow that that person that's under the influence of Wotiko to kind of snap to. Um, But things happen very fast, so it will take a very sharp mind and a lot of energetic awareness um, to be proactive and not get too um, caught up um, in the energy of it. Um, it is a bit like a spell that kind of uh, falls over um, the group, um, almost like a paralysis, and they're counting on that. But a group like this is quite impervious. In other words, you are like immune um, in many ways to that sort of uh, fear-based spell. Um, so trust that. Know that. I don't see a group like this being involved in a situation like that. They're still very, very unusual. And I, I, I'm, when I see all timelines, they're still very unusual. Um, but it is interesting to know that there, there was always a chance that it could have gone differently, um, even though in historical sites um, it, it went the way it did. Okay, let's relax our shoulders here. It's interesting after the fact, after things happen, how the confusion sets in and how that's perpetuated. Um, stories are twisted, facts are sometimes altered, um, and it's like the manipulation continues, but not of the direct victims. It's like there's fallout victims that are also under the spell of the story of what happened, and there's so many um, imagined stories about why something happened, and that definitely holds humanity back when it's trying to figure out why something happened versus just a very point-blank answer of somebody was under the control of Wotiko and they, they lost it. Um, that, is, that is a real answer, and it's probably the most honest answer. 
trying to come up with um, whether somebody hated a group or what group he was involved with, it's almost like it, it's a detail that doesn't matter as much. Um, and there would be so much less of this if there were more truly preventive sorts of strategies like we're talking about here, about how others can avoid being in a situation like this versus trying to find these bad guys, right? These bad guys are your neighbors. I mean, they're, they're a normal person that, that lost it, that started to go astray, but may seem normal. And then just the right circumstances happen and it's just weird. Um, okay. I noticed a couple of you really like not liking this conversation and I'm sorry, that's not my intention. Some of you are much more uh, suited to this content and some aren't. So the ones that aren't suited to this content and it's bringing you down versus bringing you up, please notice that you're not forced to be here. There's many, many series um, that Jill does and this one is very unique. Um, and it isn't meant for everybody, okay? So just keep that in mind and, and click it off if it's not, uh, if you don't feel, I want to say, uh, like a match for what we're doing here and are not feeling like it's um, expansive for you, okay? Okay, all right. And we're about to shift into questions and your comments, so uh, be ready for that as well because this is feeling in many ways complete unless we surprise her like we did a couple weeks ago when we went into the animal kingdom <laughs> at the end. Okay. Hopefully you guys heard that in the replay. I think it was at the very end of the call two weeks ago. So that was interesting. Okay. All right. Let me see what else I'm asking Jill to share here before we uh, um, shift gears to questions and your comments and insights and anything that you want to talk about. Okay. Oh, yeah, we did want to talk about that. Okay. All right. So another, we talked about uh, death and the afterlife and things like that. But what we didn't talk about in great detail is the other side of the life cycle, which is birth. Um, there, I just want to confirm that as a soul, you pick your parents, you pick um, your birthplace, you pick economic status, and we did talk about that in general, but think about the implications of that. I don't know if, I don't know if you felt that as strongly as, as you might wish to in terms of if somebody was born into uh, a war-torn country that's been, you know, in a state of unrest for hundreds of years, they knew that going in. And even a, even a country that had been stable but then all of a sudden gets unstable they, that soul knew that as a possibility um, when they decided to to be born into that. Um, so there's when you kind of create your your journey, there is a review panel and there's a, a broader set of plans. And of course, there's not predestined. That's not predestined in certain circumstances. But there's like another set of the file um, is the best way to describe it. That says, okay, now. We just want to make sure, like a full disclosure, that you know that these things are possible for you individually, for um, for your community of where you're being born, where you're choosing to live, and your parents and their heritage and all these possibilities. That's known. Our partner's still unsure about kind of what to do with that information. Um, it doesn't make her like not care or it doesn't make her any less compassionate towards somebody that's born into 
a very unstable situation, whether it's like Syria or even Egypt, um, Rwanda. I mean, there's so many examples of places in the world where it's a, it's a very tough life. Um, the the so-called stable countries have their own version of instability. Um, so everybody has a, has a fair shake at a, at a hard life and um, some of you have a, a better shake at a comfortable life, but all of you have a fair shake at at happiness and joy and love um, for yourself and for each other, all of you. And I know that's a stretch for some of you, especially pretty much everyone listening to a call like this would be um, in a, I want to say a cushier situation and in a westernized, industrialized environment. Um, it's hard for some of you to believe that those in um, the Congo or Rwanda or a very, you know, war-torn or very impoverished um, situation that they that they know joy, that they have a chance um, for, you know, being loving and being loved. But that is always a choice. Notice the way that your cultural upbringing um, often separates you from feeling like others have a fair chance um, at love and happiness and joy. It's a different kind of happiness and joy. It's not from, you know, purchases at the mall. Um, it's not from air conditioning on a hot day. Um, it's not from running water from the faucet. Um, it's going to be from other maybe simpler pleasures, but they're still there. Um, okay. But one thing that we're, we, uh, me as Wajigo and the Guardian Counselor, are constantly wanting to offer Jill and through her work is that that there was this foreknowledge that the soul had before incarnating because it does add to the ability to trust the sovereignty of the higher self and of the human that somehow they knew, <laughs> somehow they knew at a soul level that something was possible or even probable before going in, that that means something about that they saw purpose in it, that they saw value in it, um, that they knew about the challenges and still they're there. Um, that Anyway, there's something uh, satisfying about that, and we're, we're hoping that you see that too, trusting sovereignty of light and soulfulness within all life, no matter what their situation looks like from the outside or even what it looks like up close. Okay. All right. Our partner's teasing me because I say, okay, a lot. I'm just checking in. <laughs> all right. So for those that are on the phone, if you uh, wish to uh, share, click star two to raise your hand or click the button if you're on the computer. And you can also type in, and I will get a drink here. How are we doing, everybody? <laughs> I see Paul. Hi, Paul. Hi, Jill. How are you? 
I'm doing good. Yes, um, this was a really interesting session. And um, I, I've been thinking about the, that relationship between the individual and the, the community and in one respect, mind control, and in the other, you know, um, I guess, mass control. So um, I'm, I'm wondering how, um, within the context of that um, group setting, let's just say, uh, you used the example of a riot situation. How does Wetiko sort of um, sort of help gain that momentum of that downward spiral of energy? Like, how does that energy tend to um, spread within the group and things like that? Ooh, good question. And I love how you use the word spread because it's like a virus. Um, it's it's surprisingly and and disappointingly easy. Um, it doesn't take much. Um, you take one person that's willing to um, initiate uh, violence or destruction, and it's amazing how if the, the vibration is a match for what somebody's feeling, whether it's rage or revenge, that they're like, yeah, let's do that. And it's just like there's not thinking involved. It's very impulsive. Um, if there was like a meeting to decide what to happen, none of it would have been sketched out on a whiteboard. Um, actually, that's not true. <laughs> He's saying actually, no, there are situations where it's actually planned out. Um, but most, the vast majority of situations of like a riot, there may have been some kind of talking and, and taunting about it. But the the real momentum is with those that weren't involved in any planning in it, and they're just spontaneously kind of caught up in it. It is almost like a wildfire. When I when I see it as Wetiko, it, it feels like a wildfire. Um, you know, the the grasses are just the right temperature and just the right level of dryness that it just spreads. Um, it's it's eerie to watch. It doesn't look human at some point. It's very um, it's highly disturbing, actually. When I know what humans are capable of, it's like, wow, really? It didn't. It, so it surprisingly doesn't take that much. But it also doesn't happen that often, if you notice it. It's. Um, I mean, there are some communities, whether it's like a, a gang or something like that, they're breeding it, the separation and the loyalty and the twisted thinking of, you know, you have to back, you know, others up with something that's totally against morality and value of life. Um, it's it's uh, this tribal sort of, well, our lives are more important than other people's lives. So you have to you have to be there and back back somebody up. Um, it's weird. It's it's really very um, very disturbing. Hmm. You, you provided that example of. Um how it would be difficult for uh, an individual within the context of a group to um, stop that collective movement. Um, and I, and I kind of recall, um, I think it was from a previous discussion that I, I think you um, described this this idea of. Um, 
how uh, you know an individual like let's just say with with a, a bright light can sort of affect more change than let's say a group of and this doesn't sound good but let's just say where their light is somewhat dim um the individual with the brightness of that one light can imp I'm, I'm just wondering does that have more impact than sort of like a mundane lit group of individuals it does and yet it's so situation based i mean there are examples of of individuals in the watts riots saying you know wait a minute stop what are you doing and the crowd is just like ignoring them they're not heard um, if the fervor of like insanity literally is high enough, then sometimes individuals, even with a really, really bright light or a sound mind, are just completely ignored and seemingly ineffective. Um, they may have had a, an effect on a couple people, um, but it depends on how how hot, if you will, the madness has gotten. Um, our partner's smiling at your question is good, and she's saying, but this doesn't make sense. It seems like the opposite of what you said earlier, so let me see if I can help clarify. Um, I'm I'm giving examples of historical. That's, that's one thing. I'm using linear time, literally. Um, there haven't – I mean, you guys are a unique group, so there there is a different way that this group – um, affects energy in a situation versus others. Um, you guys are affecting energy already in really meaningful ways. There are, oh, let me think of some examples. I'm going to, I'm, you guys, this is Jill. I'm just going to be silent for a moment because he's got some interesting things he wants to point out in terms of like possible things that could have happened that didn't happen because we were there or because we're on the planet. Um, <clears throat> so let me just hang on a second. <clears throat> okay. Some of you can actually think of examples where you where you were in a situation or you witnessed a situation or observed even as just a situation where something could have gone bad and yet it didn't. It stayed calm, it stayed cool, um, and what you felt could have been an unfortunate situation was like a non-event. Um, that doesn't have to mean everybody, you know, sang kumbaya and, you know, cried, <laughs> you know, tears of joy at the release, but that nothing happened. And it's hard for me to point those out to you because for some, it's, it's hard for you to imagine what could have happened because it didn't happen. Um, but there are there are multiple situations. Yeah, Jill, is, Jill even has one. I'm just going to share this. this um, there was a weird situation where I was picking up. I had the girls with me, and we had just picked up uh, my husband, Jeff, from the airport. It was probably about 10 o'clock at night, um, dark, <clears throat> and we were driving home. And we were behind a car that had... Um, and it was dark, so and there's deer on that road quite often. So I was turning on and off my brights occasionally and turning off the brights when cars were oncoming so that I didn't obviously blind the other drivers. Um, but the brights went on, so when nobody was coming towards us in oncoming traffic, 
on the opposite lane. It was a two-lane highway so that I could see if there were deer and just have, you know, maximum visibility. So we turned in our neighborhood, and the car ahead of us also turned in the neighborhood, and then he did this really erratic U-turn to pull behind us, and then he pulled up next to us. And he got out of his car and, um, or no, he was pulled right up next to us and he rolled down his window. I could feel that he was not right. And so I'm driving just in the passenger seat and the girls are in the back seat. And I'm, I'm getting nervous just thinking about it because it was so scary. Um, but I was calm and Jeff was calm. And this guy was like, Why, what were you doing? Why were you flashing me? That was so rude. And I said, I was looking for deer um, to me putting, I, I was just very calm and he was wanting to like egg us on and like have an event. Uh, he was probably disappointed that it was a family <laughs> versus just a single person because he wasn't satisfied with probably the way it went. But we stayed very calm and um, I said, well, I was, you know, had my rights on for the deer, but I was, I wasn't flashing you. Um, and I tried to explain very calmly, but I used very few words. I just, you know, was very point, very pointed, very, very direct. And then he, he just kind of, um, he said something and then he drove off and the girls were quiet throughout the entire thing. And then Jeff and I just kind of looked at each other and I, he just said, that was really weird. And I was like, yeah. And I said, I feel like that could have gone like a totally different direction. And what Watiko is saying right now is that could have gone like really, really bad. Um, that guy was capable of like really, really bad things, <laughs> really, really bad things. Um, so we averted like a really serious situation. Thank goodness. Thank God. Um, by staying calm, by staying cool and by not, uh, I want to say fulfilling kind of his invitation for drama. Um, so that's just, I mean, a very practical example of doing nothing. And all of a sudden somebody invites you into drama and it could have gone bad. He was alone. Had he been with other people it and had them be caught up in the drama too and the anger of, of making it a big deal that the person behind you has their brights going on and off? Um, to Jeff and I, our, our truth is that brights are dimmed for somebody coming towards you. If you have somebody with brights behind you, you just adjust your rearview mirror so that they don't affect you or your side mirrors or whatever. It's not like, oh, you know. Anyway, so it was just a really interesting different belief system about what what brights are for and what's rude and what's not rude. And anyway, it was really, really strange. Um, so what we're saying here is that there are many examples that you can probably think, everyone on the call can probably think of in terms of, yeah, there was that one time. <laughs> um those are actually, I mean, I can probably think of 10 examples for each and every one of you. Um, but they're, in a way, they're not productive because what really matters is that when you recognize your, your choices, and this is what this is all about, every, everybody has choices in all of these situations. And the ability to stay in your light and in your empowerment to do what you feel led to do to stay in your body, stay present, stay in the light of God, um, can actually thwart something from even going to that place of um, uh, spreading like a virus. So it's, um, it's really interesting. In the right phase, the right stage of um, a group drama, things can be squelched dramatically. Mm. Paul, does that answer your question? It's a yeah. great question. Most, most definitely. Um, yeah, no, that's great. I, 
I'm almost tempted to try another quick one there. Yeah, go um, ahead. You, you mentioned, I, I really like, you provided that example of having some supernatural abilities and I, I think what you sort of sort of contextualize it is when the individual has this sort of um, tremendous amount of faith and and trust and oh, you know it's on, I've got yeah. something that disconnected and I need that connected so just wait just one second here hang on oh what did I do I was trying to move the speakers closer and then I unplugged something hopefully I can figure this out. Um, okay, that, to that, oh dear, okay, oh, I see it now, okay, thank you. Okay, Paul, can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, I apologize for that. Can oh, you no. Please, can you please continue? <laughs> sure, I, I was following up in those situations where, you know, people are having supernatural abilities and they just take on this sort of extreme sort of sense of uh, faith and trust in their own abilities uh, in certain emergency situations. And you were mentioning that um, to, uh, you know, exhibit that sort of same faith and trust in situations where it's not necessarily an emergency just to really help, you know, affect do supernatural things. Um, how does Witiko, um how do, uh, does, does he just sort of shatter our confidence a bit so we, we don't exhibit that faith and trust? Or why don't we do that more, I guess? <laughs> um, so it's, it's not that I'm necessarily preoccupied with going around kind of squelching supernatural abilities. It's this, it's more just kind of the lay of the land here. The lay of the land here is, is rooted so beautifully for separation that there's this beautiful combination from a, some, from a Wittiko standpoint of disbelief or not even knowing it's possible, let alone having it to say, well, that's not possible. There's like lack of imagination for most humans about what is possible, right? So there are automatically dimmed just by not knowing what's possible, right? If you literally said to a group of open-hearted, faithful, light-based individuals, and you said to them, supernaturally, I mean, you showed them like a video of like a, a child lifting a car off of a pet or something like that, and you literally said to them in a very calm, effective manner that, you know, it's almost like, what if, what if all of us were capable of this at any moment, what if we could just lift a car because we wanted to, right? What's, why, what's the difference between lifting a car because something needs help and lifting a car because you want to? When, I mean, physics would defy your ability to do something like that. What is it? It's, it's the surge of the, the physiological um, combined with intention and belief and things like that. And I'm not asking you guys to go out and try and lift cars because you could hurt, you could hurt yourself. Um, but there is this, this system that's used where I don't even have to work at it to kind of keep things kind of in a separation age status, but the ability is there. So I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm curious <laughs> to see what a group like this will do with it. 
And it isn't about, and we talk about this a lot, that it isn't about spiritual gifts um, and things like that. It's more about there are situations that have demonstrated the supernatural abilities in multiple ways of humans. And I, I prophesy, prophesy that a group like this will continuously demonstrate supernatural abilities in everyday life more and more and more and more in non-emergent situations. Okay. That's, that's clear, Jill. It's almost like expect miracles from yourself, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. Um, thank you. Thank you so much, Jill. You're welcome, Paul. Take care. You Bye too. Now. Bye-bye. Okay, we have a caller from area code 810. Hello? Hello? Oh, I can't hear you. I hear, like, water. (laughs) Hello? So area code 810, I'm sorry, I can't hear anything. Maybe you want to type in a question. There might be something going on with your microphone. Okay. All right. This is interesting. I love Paul's question. Well, we're just taking a minute here to see um, who else wants to share um, or offer another kind of topic here. Uh, This is, it's funny because there's a part of me as Jill, I'm like, I'm like, I want a better answer, but um, I also appreciate that what what Wachiko is pointing out is things that we have the power of setting in motion. Um, that's where our creator ability kicks in. So it's funny because part of me as Jill is like, I want a really nice answer about do it this way. You know what I mean? But yet I also see that he's just kind of like pointing to things like, you know, you humans have done this in these situations. So you know, what's stopping you from doing it in other situations? Not as I know the answer and I'm not telling you, but you may want to think about that. <laughs> so it's funny as human Jill, I'm kind of listening to the answer that we gave Paul and I'm slightly like, or I'm mildly unsatisfied with the answer. Like, well, that wasn't really a great answer. I'm unsatisfied with that. And then he's just kind of looking, Wichiko's looking at us and shrugging his shoulders like, hey, this is, I'm I'm trying to help you guys realize that there's there's many ways that that you may not realize what you're capable of and why not look at it in a non-emergent sort of situation. Yeah, that's true. That's really true. And I just, I look at it even in terms of not saving anyone's life necessarily, but I mean, even like the podcasts that, that I do on a regular basis or the um, private session, well, really all the work that I do in this regard. I mean, it is supernatural. It's not lifting cars, but it's just as, I want to say unbelievable and incredible uh, to me that I do what I do and I'm connected to what I do and what I, what I have connection with it to me, it's just as like, wow, as lifting a car off something. Um, Yeah. Anyway, that's, that's my, (laughs) so it feels for me on the inside anyway. 
Okay. Okay, you guys, we may have a short call tonight, and I'm okay with that. I'm I'm here for you. Okay, area code 810, I'm going to get it one more try. Hello? Hello? Oh, I so want to hear you. It's so weird. I just can't. Area code 810? Oh, bummer. No, nothing. I know there's somebody there. I hear something, but it's just not coming through. (sighs) Okay. All right. So if you're typing, type fast. Okay. Hmm. Hmm. I'm just having a little conversation with myself here um, in my own field that I I want it to be where it's like, here, here's exactly what you guys should do about this situation. But I realize that that's not kind of the context for this series. But I'm like, but it could be, you know what I mean? We could like weave in other things from the Guardian Council and from our higher selves and our teams and so forth to do the, okay, here's what here's what we recommend. And we've done a little bit of that, but I also feel like that's what we do in the other work. And what makes this series unique is the information and the the insight from Watiko and how how he works in this reality. So I I'm I'm kind of okay that we're not doing the the other part of it in terms of let's all let's all make it feel good before we go. Um, because sometimes it just doesn't, and I'm I'm not feeling great right now either. Okay. <sighs> so what do we do? <laughs> Where do we go from here? Okay, I'm just going to relax my shoulders. Um, Mother Mary is actually coming in, and she's got something to say here. Let me <sighs> get quiet and go there for a sec. Okay, that's a good reminder. She's just saying this group is the like a co-collaborator with Watiko and what we want the series to be. So I would ask each of us that are involved in this, either live or in archive, what do you what do we want this to be? This we're in totally uncharted territory here. So what do we want it to be? Um, I certainly don't want Wichiko telling us what to do. You probably feel the same way. That's that's not that's not his expertise. It's not his job. And no offense, but he's untrustworthy <laughs> in that regard. Um, so I'm good with him advising on what has happened and how he works in this reality. But the what to do about it part, um, I I kind of like I'm not expecting much. That's where we step in, right? What would we want to do about it? So what Mary's offering is that. Let me just see what she's offering here. Okay, I'm just going to use her words here. What what I'm so excited about with this group hearing this information is, number one, your ability to receive it and stand firmly in your light. Um, your ability to stay, um, to not 
like get uh, negatively affected by it, not get deflated by it, not get um, discouraged by it, right? That's what that's what is so important about this group is your ability to to be so expanded that you can hear this type of information and and stay where you are and expand beyond it. Um, this this is like signs of progress right there in terms of human evolution. Yes. Okay. So what will you do with this information, right? We've seen many of you be more savvy about how you work within your field and how you work with others, relationships, when you witness Watiko and others, how you respond to it, recognizing the choices that you have. But even in those situations, notice there's not a clear single answer of, oh, I know exactly what to do when, you know, a loved one is, is in the midst of, you know, unconsciousness and acting out of pure emotion and, you know, irrational and illogical, right? Um, or a child or um, a, work, a worker, coworker, a community member, et cetera. There's just so many examples that I've seen each of you recognize Wetiko more clearly within yourself and within others. And your calm presence alone is like um, an amazing, amazing upgrade from maybe where you were before where you didn't even notice it. You couldn't identify it, maybe didn't have the discernment. And then what we see many of you stepping into is another level of engagement of yourself as a result of the Watiko, that you recognize that your own vibration offers another outcome to the situation um, and some of you engage at another, it's almost like you like, oh, I see we got some Wachiko here, either in self or in others. So let me, now that I see that, um, let me try this way. And we see many, many examples of positive outcomes as a result of uh, your interacting with what you are all creating as a community in the series. And that makes us excited. Um, your ability we see even in in brother paul's question about yes i called you brother paul <laughs> um the broader question about is there something you can do to have an effect on you know global events or other sorts of uh, situations that you're not directly a part of on the physical planes and Yes, in general, with the human light field being affected by you, yes, there is. But it's probably not as satisfying or as direct as you want it to be. Um, and let, let me just point something out here, that the other levels of you as your higher self, the, um, you know, it's not past lives. Most in this group would know that. It's parallel lives. And it's parallel, sometimes non-human life, right, where you're, a spirit guardian, you're a spirit guide, you're a galactic council member. There's so many roles that you play as your higher self. As a spirit guardian, spirit guide, there is a way to more naturally affect global events or events that are happening on the other side of the planet from where you are. But you're operating in this context from within your human. That's the, that's the beauty of this whole process is that you have a human as your higher self has a human, as you. And so you're operating in a different range, and that range is more than sufficient to have a huge impact. But what we sense some of you are maybe uh, frustrated by is that I wish I, wish I could uh, impact the light of the collective in a more direct 
satisfying way than you feel like you can right now. And that's very fair. So um, let's just take a moment here and just kind of acknowledge that, that you're working within the human construct. You're working on upgrading your human uh, for the sake of humanity and for the sake of this collective. And yet what you really wish you could do is be everywhere at once. And there is an omnipresence to your light, and yet it's less connected to your consciousness, your human consciousness that you're working with. So there's going to be a natural sort of separation, which was the whole structure of humanity and the whole structure of this reality. Okay? So hopefully that helps um, kind of uh, explain that sort of what you're sensing is more of the spirit guardian roles that you play and what we're addressing here in in our work is helping you as the human feel as empowered as possible and helping you be even more um, in charge of the the light and the progress and the progression of light, the expansion of light and the limitlessness nature of so many of the ways of being human. And yet you are interacting with free will always and you're always interacting with the creations of others. So you're, you're bouncing into others' creations that are of varying flavors of consciousness and unconsciousness. So it's very complex. Sorry if that was, um, I didn't mean for that to be convoluted. It's kind of difficult to describe. So I hope that, I hope you heard that. <laughs> okay. <sighs> All right, you guys. That feels complete based on there's not other hands up other than our friend in area code 810 that I can't hear, unfortunately. And there's no other questions being typed in. So I'm going to say last call. <laughs> hmm. And I do recommend that everyone here, if you haven't listened to those, especially the most recent two podcasts, numbers 89 and 90, I do recommend those uh, strongly. Um, it's from, it, obviously, the different perspective, but it feels very relevant. And if you haven't heard them, there was a lot of um, great information, and it was very charged in a positive way, I felt, and I hope that you do, too. Okay. All right, beautiful people. Let's, I feel like I want to have a closing kind of, I want to say ceremony <laughs> here. So I invite you to close your eyes. And I have my hands folded together, almost like in prayer here. And I invite you to notice within yourself that beam and stream of light streaming from your heart fully into your field like a sun inside of you helping you know the radiating love and divinity of your soulfulness within your humanness no matter what others are doing or not doing this resurgence of light within each of us is changing the fabric of humanity. It's changing the nature of this reality. And it is upgrading, even if we can't see it, even if it's not 
having the effect sometimes that we wish it would, even if it isn't preventing bad things from happening like we wish it would. And please imagine that all humans, all life have the stream of light within them. Some of it not acknowledged, sometimes dialed way, way down, sometimes affected by misinformation and limited belief systems that keep them in a state of separation when an open mind would just help them open up more of that light. So it is each of our choice, what we do with our light, how we share that light, whether we feel led to share information with those that are open-minded while honoring free will in this reality. It's a strange paradox, isn't it, of wanting to help people know (laughs) who and what they really are is their soulfulness while unconditionally loving them exactly how they are. It's, there aren't easy answers here. This is in a very expanded series in many ways because we're beyond e- kind of easy answers. And yet we trust you and we're asking you to trust yourself, trust your heart, trust the fact that when you are in, un- when you are in uncharted territory, things are a little more murky, a little less clear. And yet trusting your love, trusting your beautiful intentions and trusting your ability to affect this reality for those things that are within your control are within your control can be more than enough to keep you busy and feeling on point for your higher self's purpose and being here at this time as you. We're delighted at everything that you are and everything that you seek to experiment with or explore, or be curious about. We applaud your efforts and we'll be right there for you. Trust this is true. Push your own envelope of what your light can feel like and be in this reality. Stretching the boundaries of what humanity is in the process. And so it is. And please open your eyes if you haven't already and just touch your hands together if you haven't. And touch your knees gently, touch your ankles if you can reach them easily, touch your earlobes, touch your nose, tap your, like strum your fingers on your forehead. Okay, very good. Beautiful. Oh, I love you guys so much. I'd love to hear from you. Um, There are different ways that we could go with the series, and I'm curious about different areas that you may want to go. Um, Otherwise, I'll keep going based on what I'm led for, but I am—I care about you. And if there are specific things that you're curious about, like Amanda was when she typed this in, um, I, yeah, that's good. I'd love to hear from you. All right. Okay. My email is jill at jillreneefeeler.com, and I will talk to you in a few weeks. I love you guys. Bye-bye.